Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, episode 80, in which Joe Chance and I interview Augustin Reyes. But first, Transformations and Footnotes. For those of you who are new to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast, this is the segment in which I recite my father's book, Transformations, which he wrote in 1976. He divided it into chapters and verses, and so I am reading it verse by verse. Afterward is the footnotes in which I talk briefly about what I just read. If you would like to hear these recitals in order, you can start with the beginning of episode 18 followed by 21, then 24, 29, 34, 38, 42, 46, 52, 53, 57, 59, 63, 69, 70, 76, and 78. This is Transformations by John Dan Reeb. Chapter 2, verse 16. Good heavens, you and I, we could mislead the stuck ones at this point. We could tell them that it's all in the words. We could tell them that where it is is to go out in the desert to the sacred place you and I both know too well. We could tell them to isolate themselves, or merge into crowds, or both. We could tell them to effort to listen to their nerves sing and their blood roar. We could tell them that's where it is. Well, we could, after all. Any of the previous would give them space to listen to their minds chatter. Maybe that would be a start. Verse 17. And then all techniques are significant, and nothing is important. They'll find out, won't they? That they already have found out. Verse 18. They'll even come back once they've got it and say, Oh my God, several times in several places. It's silly to predict where. It could be anywhere within and beyond these words. The point is to give them space before, during, and afterwards to say, so what? And now for the footnotes. I think that's kind of a fun way to get that point across. That just because you or he had some profound experience in the desert on the Quartz Hill doesn't mean you're going to have the same experience if he tells you to go to the Quartz Hill. And if I read a book that triggers my awakening, you might find it the most dull book you've ever read. Or this person you give this advice might get something and then miss the point entirely and turn it into some rigidly structured dogma for the next generation of initiates. It also seems to me to point to something of the cyclical and maybe the 3D nature of oh my god and so what. Incarnating and playing with withholds, playing hide and seek with our truer nature. And if someone were intentionally trying to mislead some people, they probably wouldn't give them much space before, during, and afterwards to say so what. More likely, they'll take the protein out of their diet and keep them awake all night. So kids, tell your cult leaders no. Go home and spend a couple days thinking about it. And cult leaders, just stop it. Our guest tonight is an old friend of mine. 
He is the current sitting Imperator at the Temple of Ptah near Chicago, Illinois. And that is a temple of the Order of the Golden Dawn Collegium Ad Spiritum Sancti. But first, let's check in with our co-host, Joe Shan. <laughs> Greetings, how have you been? All right, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. When's the last time we did an episode? It's been a while. Oh gosh, it's been ages. Yeah, I, I threw a couple of filler, uh, well, filler, I, I did the sun. Not really filler, they've they, been good. I, I I remember listening to one of them, um, like, I think it was a path working, it was really good. Oh good, the, the sun card? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, I'm glad you like that. Yeah, I had a friend who is actually listening to all the episodes, and wrote me and said, oh, I'm back in Melkut. And I was like, oh my god, someone's actually using these. I should keep going with it and uh, open that. Because there's an orange door at the end of the judgment card in episode 62, and it's locked, and then that's that's where I left it. So, like, all these people just coming up to a locked door, and then the end, no more pathworking. So I'll just have to keep it going. I wonder how far I should go, though. Should I go all the way up to the Fool? Why not? Establish a temple in Keter and proclaim everyone self-initiated uh, Ipsissimus. <laughs> Epissimus? What's the word? I don't know. <laughs> it's not Epissimus. <laughs> Whatever Although, it is, it's not people that. people who declare that they are that are, are maybe Epissimus. Epissimi. <laughs> well, it looks like our guest is ready to be uh, brought into the fold here. And so... Without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Fratter. Welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Hey, how's it going, Fratter? Good, good. So what's new? You're in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's new? Let's see. What's old? Man, I don't know. How uh, much do you want to talk about? Um, hey, feel free to let me know if there's anything you want me to kind of like trim out. If you want to talk about something and then say, "Oh, you know what? We should keep that off the record." Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, what's new is I guess since about ooh, 2013, I'm not sure uh, how current you were with uh, what was going on over at Temple Ptah, but uh, since about 13, I've been the Imperator over there. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. an honor to speak to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was kind of like... Greatly what, honored Imperador. Oh, the sword. No. Uh, do, do you guys have greatly honored in the CSS? No, no, no. Did no, away no. with that, even secretly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of the things that we also tried to do, we tried to re-implement, um, or are still trying, rather, to re-implement uh, having everybody who is not sitting as an officer wearing their black robes. Hmm. Um, you know, just because, yeah, yeah, you know how, you know, yeah. The, the problem that comes up with that, though, especially with uh, the temple as we were given it, is that everybody got used to, right. you know, seeing who the adepts were, who the portals were, etc. Right. You know, um, so it's made it a little bit difficult. But uh, you know, like you know, if somebody's sitting on that dais or somebody's a hierophant, then you know they're an adept. Otherwise, you know, we try to keep them in their black robes. You know, right on. That makes yeah. sense. So yeah. now, are you guys at, are so I've lost track of who is affiliated with with oh, who good. And all that stuff. Oh, good. That, so I'm sure the audience wants to know so too. So the last I knew, the Ta was 
was um, affiliated with EOGD, but then uh-huh. maybe that changed. Right. Because I just so heard CSS. Okay. Yeah. In February of 2011, um, we came to a point where, you know, we, we had a, a differing of opinion with the, the old regime, um, you know, and so what happened then was we said, hey, we're going to go do this. We, uh, I don't know if you remember Edward or not, but uh, we tried keeping that the the name EOGD for yeah. a while, yeah, for like a couple of months. People paying close you know? attention are pretty familiar with all that. So, like, so at, speaking as the Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn, the College of Adepti yeah. minus five people, so twenty three people said we unanimously throw Voldemort out of the Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn, and that right. basically was the beginning of the CSS. But yeah. but they ended up changing their name from Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn to CSS. So everyone who was in that order remained in that order. They just changed their name and threw it out. And then people who yeah. think that you can't do that think that it's a schism, basically. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. They yeah. didn't think that. Yeah. That's cool. So what's the, what you exists know, now is the Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn is still website, which I just bleeped out his name, Voldemort's website. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, though... Um, and, and and this goes with anybody who's been in the mysteries long enough, you know. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for Voldemort, as it were, you know. Yeah, the whole uh, experience, really. Yeah, you know, we we got a lot of lessons out of. I mean, they were tough lessons, but you know, um, it we're all part of the same stream. So no matter what name you call it, you know, it's it's the Western mysteries, you know, beginning to end. It's the mysteries beginning to end. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very adept way of looking at it. <laughs> I, I try sometimes, you know. Do you ever have to field questions from your members? I'm just kidding. Of course you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're very practiced at um, explaining <laughs> how, how well, Pata is related to For that to and also, um, there were a couple of years, well, a few years after where um, – we were getting applications from people who thought that they were signing up to the EOGD oh. because Phil had our name, you know, under his umbrella. Right. Um, so we, we not only got practice at talking to our members, but at talking to applicants. And it's <laughs> like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. Um, if you want to get in touch with that guy, here's his information. You know, we, we would, in some cases, well, no, not in some cases. In all cases, we would explain... Um, and we would point them to the website where we had that letter posted right. that, uh, you know, uh, explaining the, the expulsion. Right. And it's like, so here's that information. If you still want to talk to us, we're more than happy to talk to you. But if you want to talk to us, then by all means. I have a blog post that explains also, because it's a little confusing, because it says, we, the esoteric order of the Golden Dawn, throw out, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. So you have to kind of explain, well, uh, y- yes, but no, what ended up happening, you know. And so on the other hand, you know, in some respects, as I recall, um, you know, orders do tend to move pretty quickly. I mean, is, the, is this sort of like, this is our already kind of buried and, and the corpse is like well rotting and, and no one really cares about it anymore? Or is it still, you know, is it still a sore spot for some people? It's, uh, for, for me, for sure, it's not a sore spot anymore. Um, I don't want to call it like a, a badge of pride or a badge of honor, you know, that I, I got to deal with that kind of senselessness, but in in one sense, that's what it is. Um, At but least I you think don't have for, to do a Christopher Walken impression three times a day. Oh, during, oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that one, 
that one still is a, a, a sore spot. Yeah. <laughs> I found your sore spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for most of the membership, uh, it's like there are, what's funny is nowadays, if you come to an Equinox or, you know, open a ritual or anything like that, you'll find that most of the people actually don't remember him or don't know him. Yeah. You know? So, well, he, yeah, it just came like once in 2009. Right. And then some Equinox once. Yeah. Yeah. And so they remember him as the creepy guy that came along and then his girlfriend was ISIS and people were upset <laughs> right. and then he went away and then there were rumors about a bad taste in their mouth. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That power. <laughs> I avoided that. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> it's funny because that's right. the thing people remember, though. They're like, yeah, he did a lot of bad stuff. Really? Can you name one? <laughs> well, right. you know, there was that, you know, like. Yeah. But yeah, the expulsion letter had like point by point specifically what was going on, the kinds of manipulation that were being used for what ends and the results and some of the experiences individuals were having. And everyone in the order, including the people who said don't throw them out, agreed that the accusations mm -hmm. were true, without exception. Right. Well, but also like when people outside the order who've been there refer to the, the vault as the honeymoon suite, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like... You know, that's kind of bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as far as any of that goes too, and, you know, uh, this may be the well-practiced part of, uh, of talking about it, but, you know, it's, it's like looking at the neophyte initiation itself, you know, um, that moment in time, you know, I forever look at it now as, you know, this is just, this isn't a schism. This is a separating or a dissolving of parts so that we can re-examine them, purify them, and bring them back together. I mean, that's, right. you know, yep. at, at the end of that's the day, alchemy. that's going to be, right? Very reminiscent of uh, the American Revolution. Yeah, yeah. They took the, you know, I mean, it it's very much resembles England, but definitely yeah. some key points are, are very different. Right, right. So, though you're the imperial, now just, because a lot of people aren't, aren't, um, all as familiar as we are um like some of the assumptions that we used to have and i don't even know if this goes for other orders is that uh -huh. is that the imperator of a temple is the head of the temple for the outer and that right. when it comes to the inner order or what goes on on what we call the other side of the veil um in the uh that that what it used to be in or you know in our old esoteric order there was the chief and then supposedly right. there were some other like lesser chiefs that as long as they did the will of the chief, they remained, you know, in their position. And then yeah. that includes some of that. Some of those people were imperators and stuff, but that was kind of a separate issue. Like if you're right. going to be the imperator of an outer order temple, that's something you've taken on. You could be sitting, you know, as a five equals six, probably technically you need to be six equals five if you're really traditional. But we would have right, five, sure. relatively new five equals sixes sometimes um, as imperators. Um, uh -huh. sitting as not not just an equal, but a lesser at the table. You know, there'd be right. like the three chiefs at the head of the table and everybody had to do what they say, and one of the people lesser down on the totem pole that had to do what they say might be an impurator of a temple somewhere. So that's right. kind of the, the way it was. But so right. the key things that have changed in CSS is that there's no chief sitting at the head of the table, and though you're an impurator, I think it's safe to say I think i don't i've been out of the loop for a couple of years but it's probably safe to say that you sit at, at a round table as equals maybe not a literally Def round table yeah so you know one of the great things of 
using uh, the the acronym of the CSS for us is that in fact we do act like a college. You know, yeah. Uh, we we have been experimenting with the idea of having um, chiefs as placeholders, not necessarily as chiefs, like figureheads, as it were. Right, like you have to have um, a CEO if you're going to incorporate or something. Yeah, right, exactly. But there is no such thing as a head of the table or a foot of the table, as it were, anymore. Um, every temple is autonomous so long as they you know work under the governance of the the principles of the order itself right. otherwise you just have a loose collection of you know people that you enjoy talking to right um so, you know we do have to have some kind of thing that bonds us together and that is those principles that we outlay you know we have that on the website but uh most temples, you know, I say most, there are right now actively three temples. Um, so long as we keep those, those principles in mind, uh, the temple chiefs are autonomous to each temple, um, you know, excluding if, if somebody were to get to a point maybe where they were getting off edge because they, they you know, it's like, I'm a temple chief, you know. Like yeah, when you started hearing from their members. Yeah, right. you know, we have to vote unanimously to say, hey, you need to cut that out, you know. Right. We're, we're hearing that you're not behaving the way that you should be behaving, you know. And, and nobody wants to be anybody's parent in this. We're all brothers and sisters, you know. That I'm nobody's. Happens. Yeah, right. You know. People sometimes so that, get into a position of power and abuse it. Maybe they didn't think they were going to, they didn't, you know. Right. But then and I temptation, temptation comes around, they give in. And then you yeah. get, get start getting complaints, but at least in the end, the person who gets thrown out can complain that it was the bureaucracy and all this political correctness, rather than right. the head guy <laughs> that just yeah. arbitrarily decided to kick them out. Yeah. Well, and and your your uh, metaphor or analogy of the American Revolution, I mean, that's so dead on for this, you know, because you know we went from a patriarchy, as it were, to a college, you know. Yeah. And and I mean that that perfectly fits. You know, excluding what we're seeing now with uh, U.S. government, but oh my god! I, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, then that's that's interesting too because what CSS is now, who knows what some you know maybe there'll be three offshoots of the present day CSS in fifty years, and one of right. them might look really ugly and may even look a lot <laughs> like the esoteric order used to, and that's kind of yeah. like that was one of the concerns. Yeah, I mean, you know, that I hear word around the campfire get get talked about is like, how can we keep that from happening? Like, what safeguards right. can we put in place so that this remains a respectable organization and no one comes in and takes it a left turn and goes that way with it? Well, and, and you know, to, to talk to that, I might sound like the, the person of blind faith here, but I think that if we uphold the, the principles that, you know, are in each of the oaths and, you know, we actually stand true to the core of what this work actually is, that should be enough of a filter to keep ego main now and again like i said i know it sounds you know like i'm i'm drinking my own <laughs> <laughs> well you got but, you know, otherwise no one will trust you you know right. you can't be like oh exactly. i don't drink the kool-aid but you should <laughs> <laughs> right you know but but that's the idea you know that's the hope that you know we're trying to become more than human we're trying to you know move ourselves to this point of, right. of divination right. you know yeah uh so i hope that that actually keeps it up but you know those things will creep back in and you know it's inevitable because all things are cyclical yeah but you know then when that point happens you know there'll be another uh 
dissolution and another re-examination right. and improvement. And even when things transform and change and are destroyed, you can point back and look at it. Like I like to look at the poetry written by uh, the people that, you know, in Chan, what later became Zen, uh, in China mm -hmm. in the 8th century, I think it was, or maybe the 9th century, there was Han Chan and Shide, and they were okay. writing about... Um, Han, Han Chan lived in a cave, and he was done with all that, you know, crazy city life. And she, mm. Shide grew up in a monastery and would come visit him and, and stuff. And uh, they would hang out and take mushrooms and write poetry. And, okay. Yeah, and they were just, like, having a blast and thinking the universe was great and talking about it going around in cycles. And then fast forward 400 years when the emperor is into this new religion and every fancy person is sending their son to these monks to get trained. Mm. So they have all these kids to, like, take care of. So they're just like, okay, everybody sit or I'm going to hit you with my ruler, you know. And so <laughs> Zen in the 8th century still exists in the form of that poetry, even though it changed to Zen in the 12th century, or I guess Chan. You know? uh, so okay. By the time okay. it got to Japan, it was already it had already turned into a, a bit of a daycare service. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there was a yeah. more emphasis on that and less on you know the shouting in people's faces and clapping and and all the funny madness that you hear about from the early days, people chopping off their arms and stuff. It was yeah. a really fun time. But, right, right. So yeah, um, CSS today, you know, will always exist even if it turn, turns into something else later. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know. Um, I may sound like the odd man out as part of the CSS, but, uh, you know, if, if any of those things do happen in the future and, and, you know, when they do happen, you know, we also have to look back, you know, ourselves, you know, the CSS being a root of the EOGD, whether, right. you know, whether in, uh, a member likes it or not, that that's our root. Well, like Martin know? Luther reexamining the words of Jesus and, and, and waking people up to them, people will say, hey, wait, this isn't what the CSS is about. When we look to 2011, we were, yeah. we were the opposite of this, you know, like, let's go back to the way it was then, you know. Right, right. So that flag is there, still there to hail back to. Yeah, so, you know... Uh, Stemming off of a, a little bit of a joke that I, I you know, you, you sent me in Messenger, uh -huh. um, it seems like, you know, um, this was never a position I ever thought I'd find myself in as, you know, and, and again, great honor and great esteem that goes with it for me personally, but... You know, it's kind of like what you were saying, you know, if you just wait long enough, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can sit on that diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you just keep going and, to work, keep showing up, and you end up in the executive seat yeah <laughs> might take 40 Which, years but, you know they yeah. don't know what they got themselves into yeah. by putting me. <laughs> but that's all right yeah so you know um along with that along with some of those social changes that that have uh come into the order there have been you know some some uh changes into the methodology and the way that we're we're teaching a little bit you know um for instance, one of the things that we used to do, and you know this well, um, when you remember in the days of Voldemort or he that shall not be named, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. uh, we were given as many students and more than we could handle. Right. You know, it's like that's how uh, I got this here's star here's on my forehead honest. right here. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so nowadays, one of the functions of the CSS is to say that if you're an adept, uh, you are allowed to make the choice to have more than, but, you know, the limit is five students. Right. Um, you know, that's reasonably what one person can work with. If you're giving this person one hour out of the week, yeah. we suspect 
you know, five five students, five hours out of your week it's is going to be plenty. So true. And more than likely, it's going to be more than that anyway. Because if you have 50 uh, students, what ends up happening is you're going to work with the one you like. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then everyone else, you know, half of them are just never going to write back to you. And the other half are going to be like, oh, you want to test up? Okay. When do you want right. to test up? You know, and then like... Then you're just kind of chatting with the one student that you kind of pers- your personality gets along with. Is that, yeah, I mean yeah. it's 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 an inevitable thing. It's like how he was always trying to stamp out clicks, you know. Yeah. But it's like if you can just plan for human nature rather than forcing human nature into a mold that is more efficient, you know. Like, oh right. God. Right. We're cats, not bees. Come on. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and so that's one of those things that we've changed, um, much to my own inner happiness. Uh, cause I'll tell you, you know, there, there was a time where, and I never had as many as 50, but I remember a point where I had 18 students mm. and, you know, I can tell you for sure that I was not the proper teacher for 18 students. Right. You know, it just, it wasn't happening on paper. Um, I had way more than I even, it got to the point where I had to act like I knew everybody when power week came around. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> hi, I'm BT. And they'd be like, yeah, I know you're my teacher. <laughs> We've met three times. And I'd be like, Oh, hey, that's you. What, what grade are you in? What's your name? You know. Right, And right. it's just really sad. So to this day, like, I walk around crunch, smiling at everyone like I know them, and they all think I'm a total weirdo. I just, I just developed that habit. Like, assume that right. I've met everyone. <laughs> you know, I, I have a, a similar problem. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I have uh, some, some weird vision issues, okay? And by weird, I just mean to say that, you know, I have uh, very, very poor vision. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I'll, I'll meet somebody and then, I mean, and, and this has happened at work, you know, like literally within two hours, I'll work on your computer. You'll come back down to the, the tech, uh, our, our tech desk, and I'll forget who you were just because, you know, I got to wait to hear your voice. Or something. Right. So I've had this that same reflex where it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, well, how's it going? That, and so it's, that's it's interesting. a weird place. I mean, I mean, but also in the temple setting, sitting back on the Imperator throne, it almost is like there's people in the temple like that, you know, right. and, and here's a person, it's a, it's a candidate. So it's like, you're automatically giving everyone equal energy mm, and yeah, not, not thinking, yeah. Oh, there's my buddy. And Oh, who's that person? And Oh, that person looks weird. You know? Yeah. So yeah. That might help in some ways. It, it makes for a good dynamic that way. You know, like I'm not, when I'm sitting on the dais, I'm definitely not trying to peer past the, the silky veil that we have in front of it. Oh yeah. I uh, forgot about that veil. Yeah. I've sat yeah. behind that veil when I sat in as Cancellarius once. Right, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I've got my head down and my eyes closed, and I'm just, you know, trying to, to feel what's going on in there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. I was just going to say, I really like the dynamic of, of college better than sort of the uh, a patriarchate, uh, because the one thing that I found um, when I had to proctor a lot of various students is, I mean, the, the reality that both um, student and teacher, I think, need to understand what I think, no matter what the the modality is, um, is that, you know, the the person who has a white robe on um, at the end of the day is probably working on all sorts of interpersonal issues. They're okay. certainly nowhere close to perfect. Right. Um, and the reality is what, what I wanted to tell people uh, when a transference was starting to go on, it's like, look, I've got, I've, I've got lots of problems too. The only difference between you and me is that I know this material and I've worked through it. And yeah, I feel like my life has gotten better because of it. And I've become 
become better because of it. But at the end of the day, I just I've spent more time with the material than you have. That's right, right. really it. The only difference. And yeah. there were times where people were looking for guidance. I mean, we had some tough times going on um, when I was there, uh, and I was just like, I need I need help too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I think you know, and and Joe, that speaks to one of the other things that that really bugged me about. Uh, and mind you, I use the same verbiage. I still do now, kind of uh, tongue in cheek. But you know, when I would hear um, order members refer to non-magical folks as muggles, you know, it's mm. there. There was this sort sort of uh, you know exclusivity idea that we all had. I mean, you know, yeah, we're in a giant cult, right? Right. <laughs> um, and so, and again, you know, I still use the term. I, I do it laughing, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I always would do it affectionately just as a way to, like, reference that this is a person who would be weirded out if they knew about all the right, wand right. waving yeah. and, you know, whatnot. Yeah, there, there, there's a weird thing, though, that happens that I I think, you know, especially it, it happened to me as a neophyte, you know, seeing all of the, the adepts in their white robes or even the portals, and it's like, wow, you know, this person has attained to this and that, and, you know, they must be a saint or a god or a demigod. Right. You know, I can't tell you how many times I remember thinking to myself how, you know, I was afraid to ask my proctor certain questions just because I felt that they were reading my mind and already knew what I wanted to ask and sounded ridiculous, and they would have brought it up because, you know, if it was remotely interesting or effectual— you know, then they already knew about it and should have brought it up to me. How how backwards is that? You know, in episode seventy seven, if you haven't heard it uh, of this podcast, I I read it. It's two hours long, so it's kind of a long thing to listen to. But there's a, a sutra reading all about those that transference and mm-hmm. uh, and all the different you know subtleties of how it can go wrong. Spoken in like eighth century China. You know, so it's kind of like it's 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 got all kinds of interesting magical and exaggeration stuff, but it's all stuff that is like, oh yeah, I've met that guy. <laughs> you know, like I I, I think yeah. I, I think I was that guy at one point. You know, um, right, right, and yeah, like because then the question is, and 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 we were being instructed to basically go along with that. Like they project this on you, and they need something to look up to. Therefore behave like this and this and this and hide this and this and this and definitely don't have these kinds of relationships with people in the outer order and once you're like in the white robe for eight years and your entire social life consists of people in black robes that gets freaking weird you know like like it's not right you know and um and so, yeah, so so, what ways could you speak to, like, about the, is there a way, a general culture among the white robes as to uh, it, it, discouraging certain kinds of transferences or uh, emphasizing that they're just a guide and an older brother and not a shining beacon of light to look up to, <laughs> like the Latin title says that they are given in ceremony in the philosopher's grave? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, that's too many things. Did I? Is it, is... No, no, no. I'm still with you. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I think you know one of the things that that we don't do, which we used to do, is um, you remember, and, and again, it's uh, I, I won't mention names here, but there was uh, a particular uh, adept who used to make it a point to tell us how unholy our actions were. Hmm. You know. Um, and and mind you, it never came off to me. I know it was me. It was me. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and it, it never came off as you know like finger wagging or anything like that. It's just like you know you need to expect more of yourself kind of thing. You know, he he would constantly say, um, you know, I'm not a saint. Don't look to me. You know, um, look to these other people. And 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 mind you, again, I think because of my level of fanaticism at the time, back then I wouldn't have looked at it as finger wagging. Right. You know, nowadays to me it sounds more like. Uh, that level of understanding suggests that you don't realize that me as I am right now is a perfect expression in space and exactly. time of my Jesus. It's like missing yeah. the whole point by a mile. Yeah. And yeah. then, and and then so, to have someone who's, who's an expert in that kind of phonery, in that kind of lying, and that kind of fakeness, go in and, and, and botch a BRH afterward. It's like, what are you even doing here? You know, like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I, I you know, that go was, uh, <laughs> that's all right. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, like, some of these thoughts just it's exist like I'm in my head. I'm an expert in stupid, okay. silly, childish power games, but magic? Oh, yeah, I got to practice. <laughs> so there was one that killed me, and I think I talked to you about this before on Facebook, and that was. Um, up until the great Theoricus, so I was raised Catholic, but mm -hmm. uh, was never confirmed in the faith because you know I had had too many questions and issues at the time. Right, um, you were a thinking person. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, one of the things that I thought to myself as a kid, you know, and again, this is post uh, first communion, pre confirmation, was, you know my priest and my CCD teacher would tell me, you know, the Buddhists aren't getting to heaven because they don't know Christ. And right. that sounded ridiculous to me. And so because they had pointed specifically to them, I needed to know more about Buddhism. What was funny is from about senior year of high school for maybe the next eight years, I had been practicing, uh, no practicing is a fair word. I'd been practicing Zen Buddhism with uh, the Empty Circle Zen group here in Indiana. Nice. And when I joined the order, this is in between that time, um, you remember that he who shall not be named was, you know, he went through cycles of being uber-Catholic and not Catholic at all. Depending on who and, he was bonded with, which I can respect right. as a fellow human being. But sure, it was sure. something the order would, like, break, uh, you know, because he would be uber-Catholic and, and all into being Italian and Catholic, and then you have this whole Italian-Catholic thing going on, and suddenly he, like breaks up with the Catholic girl and goes out with a new age girl and he's like got crystals and shit and everybody's like, what's going on? You know, like right. he's, he's on the wrong path. The devil's got him. And I'm thinking, Oh, this is a good change for him, you know, but oh yeah. well, looks like it's going to break the order though. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> a little bit. And so you know, at crack. that time, yeah. Um, I was told by two of my proctors that, uh, practicing Zen Buddhism was anathema to, studying the Western mysteries. Hmm. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah. They yeah. might be right. <laughs> I mean, they're opposite practices, but it doesn't mean you can't do them both. I mean, it's like right. saying swimming is anathema to being a fireman, you know? Like, yeah. Well, But maybe when you, you do one at four, you do one at five, you know? Right. But, you know, but my interpretation, I mean, this may just be my own weird interpretation, and there was an order that the, the chief and I didn't get along because... I sort of was much more my interpretation of, of the Rose Cross is just that, you know, if it's the key to all initiations and rituals mm -hmm. that the good in every 
expression of spirituality, meaning every, you know, religion, has components in it that make it good and useful for human development um, and human yeah. spiritual development. And and so in that case, I would have really come down hard on someone who said, you know, you can't learn Buddhism, you can't learn, right. um, you know, mystical um you know, whatever, whether it's, it's the, uh, you know, like Sufism, like, oh no, oh my God, since we're Catholic, we, we have to hate Sufism. I mean, yeah. come on, that's ridiculous. Right. I, I think, you know, I would have, I would have not been happy to hear that conversation. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, uh, I think that just that reflection, you know, like that was one of those moments where it's like, you know, I think about that now, I, again, it's one of those uh, memories that has become a function for me when I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who practices something that I don't practice. You know, it's right. like, remember that time when that happened to you? Yeah. This is kind of like that, you know? I, and so I remember telling plenty of people they couldn't do Ruby Star Ritual or whatever, Crowley's Ritual, and they would leave. Yeah. You know? But right, uh, that, right. was, that was our policy, though. We, had, we were supposed to say that. Right, right. And, you know, there's, there's still a part of me, like, if, if I'm to proctor somebody from Neophyte, I might tell them, you know, let's say that they're practicing the star ruby. Um, we're going to have a conversation as to why you're doing that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to proctor you on that. I'm not going to coach you in it. But I want you to know exactly why you're doing it and what it is it's doing to you. So that, you know, if you continue to do it, this is going to be the result. You know what I mean? Do you know um, about it to be able to explain it to me? Because I actually haven't even looked into it. So my understanding of it. It, no, my understanding is poor, really. Mine too. Um, <laughs> I'll have to. Well, I'm going to be interviewing a, a couple Thalamites soon, so I'll, I'll try to get them to talk about that. They want to talk about OTO politics, but I'll, I'll try to get okay. them to talk a little bit about the work. But <laughs> I, I can. I'm happy to share my, my little bit of okay. ignorance with you. And then we'll that. we'll have Lon and, and Ella expound later. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so my understanding is that it 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 is a breaker of paradigms because it starts with Saturn and the tri the, the, the lineal figure of the triangle. Um, Invoking or banishing? Banishing. Okay. And so, you know, when I have a neophyte who's, you know, who doesn't even know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that is a wonderful magical tool. If I even have that right. Cause again, like I said, I'm just, I'm showing my ignorance. Here. <laughs> um, but if I have that right, and that's exactly what it's doing, it's, it's banishing from, uh, we'll say from Saturn or from Bina or Da'ad, if you will. So it's sort of, uh, is it like meant to combine the BRH and the LBRP in a way? Like, because right, you banish so Earth like, and then you banish Saturn. So instead of doing that, you just banish Saturn. Kind right, of right. And sense. so, you know, the, the problem with that is, I mean, that's, in one sense, I can see, I, I think I can see Crowley's ideas about how that would empower a neophyte to get rid of all of the old paradigms and thought controls that they had been under prior to that point. Right. And you could build from there. Yeah. You know, at the same time though, um, and, and again, I'm sure you guys both know this. We attract a fringe group of society <laughs> and <laughs> putting it lightly, right? Um, Where's the and, far and left so, and the far right meet? The golden yeah. dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Just so don't get I get them talking about politics. Oh shit! <laughs> um, Lizard people, no. UFO, anal probes, no. <laughs> Werewolves, no. Oh. Yes. Oh, those applicants, man. Some of those applications, you know. I, I 
It's like, I, are you on it, meth it, right now? Yes. Yeah. Are you but, on medication? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. So, so if you're doing that, and let's say that you are a person who is, you know, whose mental stability to begin with isn't that strong. <laughs> let's um, say, for sake of argument, about 15%, maybe 25 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or <higher. laughs> I mean, I count myself in that. I wouldn't yeah, call myself exactly I mean, stable, you know. You know? By, according to the DSMV 4 and 5, you, the, all of us, the lot of us, are crazy because we look at every action in nature as symbolic and personally <laughs> <Right>. mean. <laughs> that's the definition of insanity. Yeah, well, oh, right. That's the definitions they use for schizophrenia. Right, you know? right. That makes and, sense. And, yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, like, there's there's that weird line in my own mind about, you know, like... Uh, I, I'm okay. You're okay, but I don't know about you yet. You know, it's like I'm proctoring you, so yeah. I can't be sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and so I think that that's that's where that under you know that. And I hate to be. I'm not trying to be a fear monger or anything like that. But it's like right. you know, if you tell me that that's your understanding of this. That's fine. Then we can continue doing that. But if you don't know what it is you're doing, right? Then stop doing it because I can't help you with that. So if that, you want to talk about the LPR, right, right. But if you want to talk about the LBRP or the one-pointed meditation um, or any of those other things, you know, I'm more than happy to show all of my ignorance on that one, you know? Now, I, I ran into a situation a couple times where there were people who had, were up a few grades. They'd been in the OTO for a number of years and, and had gotten to a certain point with that and a certain point in their studies where they really became fascinated with the idea of, what would have been? What would it have been like for young Crowley to go through these original Golden Dawn ceremonies? And that's the very wow. thing that attracts them. And so, mm. uh, would you say maybe in that situation that if someone's like, "Well, I, I do practice the Star Ruby, um, but mm -hmm. I'm getting into the LBRP," or you know, I guess they do the LBRP in the OTO. But like, if they were, what what would you say to someone in that situation that's like, "Well, I don't want to leave the OTO, but I definitely want to join your group." Well, it, it, so in, in a case like that, um, and I think it's either Gems of the Equinox or some other place, I, I can't quote verbatim, but um, uh, I think Crowley says something to the effect of, you know, you have no business studying the new eon until you know the old. Oh, you know? so there's precedent like, for that. Yeah. There's, it's like Jews definitely. for Jesus, like Christians who get really into Passover and stuff and learn Hebrew. Right. right. And I'm more than happy... To, to share that system with somebody who even tells, especially with somebody who's honest enough with themselves and with me to say, I don't intend to be a member of your order for X amount of years or X amount of time. This is a step stool for me. And in that case, you know, let me tell you exactly what I can to my understanding of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and definitely, I hope it helps you on oh, your cool. path towards your illumination, you know? Well, you, you know, I think I mean, you're going to get a couple more applicants after this airs because there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, assume that traditional Golden Donners are a bunch of Christians that think that they're evil and satanic and going to hell. And, uh, well, it, well, it used to be that way. Exactly. At least, uh, the went, EOTD. For a bit. But, but I will say, so we'll say this for, you know, because the one thing that kind of happened as, as a big shift in, in my life is, uh, I did end up going over to the OSOGD, which is um, has more of a thelemic bent. It's certainly mm -hmm. not the OTO, but it, but you know, thelema studied, Crowley studied, <laughs> um, and you know, 
actually, and so, so what I can say about the Star Ruby, um, although I didn't see it specifically practiced there, I'm sure some of the people there there do that if you know in their own practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a banishing ritual. There, there's nothing kind of, you know. I think that if you do an analysis of it, it's it's kind of. Um, I think for anything though, like if you're going to do something that's outside core, I think that that you're Augusta. I really like your approach, which is that you know look. This isn't something, you know, if you want to do this, if you should understand what you're doing and yeah. understand the components. But, but, you know, this is, you know, I, I can't necessarily teach you this or teach you um, more specifics. And I think that, that that's totally fine. I mean, I think that people are going to have their own individual practices. And I think that, that interestingly enough, the OSOGD more than, than anything else, I think kind of shows that you can take a Golden Dawn paradigm and make it really um, m- much more suitable for pagans and much more suitable for non-Christians. Right. Um, and, and they, they, you know, they've been around a long time, and I think that they'll be around for for um, for quite some time. And I think that it's an interesting practice. And I, um, so I, I think that there are alternatives to just about everything. And I, I, I don't think I think that in the the EOGD I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, people would literally probably throw stuff at you or like physically stop you if you started to do a Star Ruby. I'm kind of like, eh, <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it rocks your world, fine. Go right. for it. Whatever. <laughs> I like you know, the thing. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, just real quick. I like that OSO, just for people who don't know, OSOGD stands for Open Source Order of the Golden Dawn. So there might be some tech people who their ears perk up, you know, like Linux, like, oh, you mean breaking out of the whole Microsoft monopoly thing? Like, yeah, that's exactly what they're getting at. Um, clo- right. Closed source. And even Voldemort used to say, see, they're even saying they're open source. See, we're like Microsoft. They're like Linux. <laughs> and then we lost all the tech people that day, you know. But, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right. you know, and it's funny because I, I recall when I was there, there, there were people who were like, oh, well, we've got this, you know, we, we're this group out of whatever place and we've got this lineage and da, 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 we want to be, we want to affiliate with, with your group. And the answer was sort of like, well, great. You know, all the material is, is on the web. If you want to like do your, if you, if you want to follow our practice, great, more power to you. But, but, you know, we don't, we're not, you know, looking for like a zillion more members, which right. I thought was a really cool approach and very different than, you know, EOGD was like, let's just like get, thousands of people in um you know but but that's not what what they were doing which i kind of appreciated yeah you know um one of my proctors and and the former imperator over at pata uh and i i I hope that i don't get his perspective misaligned when i try and to explain it but he used to tell me um before i was looking at all the applications and everything like that um Whenever you're going to call somebody on the phone or whether you're going to talk to them through Skype, etc., uh, test them out. You know, put on your own inner hyrus and tell them, you know, like, don't write out, say, no, you can't join. But, you know, <laughs> make sure that what it is that they're doing is exactly what they want to be doing. You know, like, let them show you that they have no, you know, like there's no agenda they're just trying to seek their own illumination and that their genius has brought them to this order you know and i think that one of the ways to do that is exactly like you said you know um you know this this notion of 
we're not we're not really looking for new members. You know, there was a time, and I'm sure you both well know this, when we would have taken anybody who had the the money for their initiation, you know, and their years worth of membership dues, and we would have said, yeah, we'll take you. You know, now in prison, but yeah. Well, okay, right, right. Um, and I'm sure there were maybe even a few other exceptions. Oh, the other uh, notable exception that comes to mind is if you claim to be an atheist on your application. <laughs> or a that was a, Yeah, right. <laughs> that was an outright, no, we're not accepting you. Right. Um, and, and, you know, in, in my own work, it's, it's made me happier to say, and, and it's not an exclusion thing, but it is exclusivity. I've, I've looked at applications and I've said, um, for, for instance, you know, like we were just talking about the marginal folks, um, I'm hesitant unless I talk to you, you know, personally to invite somebody here who's got psychological problems. Cause this is not, you know, you, you need to deal with that first. Right. You know, yeah, it becomes um, some kind of psychedelic carnival nightmare <laughs> when you mix the wrong mental condition with the wrong ceremony. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's uh, the place of growth that we're all coming from nowadays. It's just, it's amazing to me. This is, it's like one of those things that I was saying to you, Edward, uh, last week. You know, when I had listened to the Jeffrey Lee Contreras view, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, the one with Nineveh, you know, just hearing the warmth between each of you you know it's just like oh i love this this is where we should have been so many years All ago along. yeah yeah so you know i can't but explain how happy i am to 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 hear that to see it it is a wonderful to, thing experience it, you know yeah i mean i had a hard time because jeff is such a trump supporter but i do i do love him <laughs> with all my heart you know and yeah i mean he's, sure. he's one of the few people that can be that much of a trump supporter and i will still be like you know what he's my brother forever sorry you know like <laughs> I don't care, you know, this will this will all pass and he and I will still be brothers growing old gray hair, you know. And, you know, I wonder too, though, like, because I've, I've talked to him about that. Um, I wonder how much of that is actually him being a supporter or him just being a shit story. Being contrary, like his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another thing I guess I should ask after I started saying it. Um, vulgarities, should I... Uh, we say all kinds of things on here we, we assume people are adults or at least listening okay, privately <laughs> I like to ask after the fact you know grandmas or whatever <laughs> yeah um, so you know going back to what we were talking about just a second ago I think um, by a second I mean a couple minutes ago um, I think this notion of you know mixing the waters between one tradition and another, um, there, there are points where it can be iffy. You know, you have to have a, a guiding principle that says, I'm only solely looking for your spiritual illumination and or liberation. Um, if that be your, your founding principle, then, you know, right. awesome. I think the, the rest of the way you've already got 50% of it covered. But yeah, sometimes um, it's marketing. Sometimes people are like, oh, you know what would really be interesting is to do a fusion of this and that. And like, I mean, or, or even maybe that's like the basis level. And then in between there's various levels of being artistic. But yeah, if somebody like realizes, oh my God, Christ is Buddha and Buddha is Christ. And then they're, they, they, they found a new religion based on that. Then that's kind of like one level. But like right. the level right. I'm doing it where I'm like, you know what? I love Japanese culture. I love Buddhism. I'm going to start 
wherever I can, finding places where I can bring them together in my own personal temple, and then showing it to the world. And then, you know, people think I'm advertising something. They're like, does this guy pay taxes? I'm like, I'm not a fucking religion. I'm a solo <laughs> practitioner streaming. I stopped streaming because of it, because people were like, right. you know, oh, well, I guess uh, there's something for everybody. I'm like, yeah, this is what's for me. Screw off. You right. know, like, right. so what? I, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Um, Mixing I mean, stuff. What, what you're saying dangerous. right there, you know, it's like what we were talking about again with the, the notion of, um, you know, looking at what somebody's doing. I mean, if your practice hasn't evolved out of the system, then you haven't been really asking enough questions. Because, again, if you are a pure expression of your genius, you're going to be individual to the point that you're going to be just a little, you know, like we're all unified but different, right? You right. know? We're all wonderful little snowflakes, um, which means, you know, that we're all individuals and at the same time we're just cold water. But, you know, um, but that means that you're going to have that certain expression that says, hey, I need to do. Are we still there? We're still here, but uh, Joe, okay. Joe's doing something. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know, it, it's going to say something about you that says, I need to practice. A, are you practicing Shinto or is it strictly Zen? I I wouldn't say I'm I mean I don't know how to practice Shinto. I mean I've I've been okay. to some Shinto sites uh, in Japan and I've got a little Shinto arch right here in front of me. I I, oh. I, I like a lot of uh what's it oh I always forget his name. Miyazaki, the 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 one who made Princess Mononoke. Is that Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he bases he bases his movies on on old Shinto stuff and I'm totally enamored by it, but I wouldn't say I practice it any more than I practice sure. like you know, my own uh, ancestors and their fairies and in Ireland and right. stuff. I feel an affinity for it, but uh, right. I don't go around leaving them cookies or anything. Sure. I, and I still think, I mean, even even if you're not leaving them cookies, I think that that might inform your practice a little, a little bit. bit. You know, like that might, it just, um, it adds, it adds, uh, I, I like having all that around. I mean, I mean, honestly, I went to a, a really dry and, and cold and empty place. And mm -hmm. I, it was, you know, it was dark and bleak and depressing, like it is, like we all know it is. And right. then, and then I started um, teaching classes to some very enthusiastic beginners, and they're mm -hmm. all really excited about tarot and stuff. And so, so I'm excited, and uh, and it's fun, you know. And so, right. so I'm like, why not? Sure, magic. Let's do it. Let's yeah. have magic, you know, like. Right. That's fine. I, and I'll do yoga, yoga and magic. I'm also becoming a pole dancer. So that's that's oh, new. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've had four lessons now, and I can actually do a few um, pictures, or it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wait for the pictures, but there will be pictures down the road. <laughs> yeah, and kung fu. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, again, in and and you remember this before, uh, and and feel free to edit this how you want. But before Papa Doc was a part of the order. Um, it was my understanding that things like voodoo and Santeria were just right out. Like, don't, no, no way, not doing that. Yeah, you um, weren't really encouraged to talk about it. You know what's it. weird, though? And the way that Ed people teach. Ed, well, Ed actually remembers mm -hmm. the time when all that stuff, particularly like voodoo and Santeria, were actually a, a, a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and that kind of moved really... to more like Catholic religious stuff. But yeah. there was really a point where, um, where it was much more, um, shall I say, magical. Okay. Okay. Well, in in certain voodoo cults in Brazil that I have heard about, the uh, the leaders will put on masks and speak as the Orishas and tell everybody what they're supposed to do and who gets kicked out and then they cut up the picture that they have up on the wall of that person and nobody in the group is allowed to talk to them again. It was all very voodoo like in the order, 
you know, I mean, when right. I, it, as far as that goes, I mean, maybe there's other yeah. aspects of voodoo, and I'm be just sounding very ignorant right now. Um, but when I heard well, there about was a that, I was like, hmm, that's familiar. That's true. So yeah, there was always a friendliness. Ah, there was that. There were, the that, that was when the OTO people were still hanging out in '92 or so, and then in '93 there was the famous line where Voldemort said, "In my temple, you will eat, sleep, shit, you know, Golden Dawn or whatever." And then and then had all the OTO people leave because he was listening in through a baby monitor and heard someone do a Star Ruby ritual in the temple or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so you know, I think getting back to that to, to my own you know like my own ancestry is puerto rican and german and so um having done what i would call past life regressive work um i guess many people would call it that um but looking at that you know there is a an immediate draw towards um both santeria and towards rosicrucianism you know um, when, when confronted with some of the beings of, of, you know, just who I, I'm still unsure what metaphor to use for them, whether it's past life, genetic memory, um, or if it's just my own unconscious mind, which it most assuredly is at least that, right. um, they're giving me these symbols that says, Hey, you're on the right track doing what you're supposed to be doing again. You know, like I, I go back to this, I, I, I'm, Sorry if I keep repeating myself, but I go back to this idea of being the single perfect expression on, you know, in Asaya of your genius that is in Atalouth, you know. Right. Uh, and so that's what it's feeding me. It says, hey, why don't you go to your grandmother and grandfather's burial, you know, and say a German prayer to one and say the, you know, Spanish prayer to the other, oh, that's beautiful. you know, and, and, and do what you can, you know, like incorporate, see what goes on, like what's at the root of all of this practice, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. and so it's a it's it's an awesome thing. You know, yeah, because pathworking the devil card, you know, in the Cicero deck is one thing, but going to your going to the cemetery and visiting your ancestors is a little bit deeper. I mean, yeah. and that's and everybody does that, and like all the snooty high magicians, you know, hanging out in their basements with frankincense, you know, like think <laughs> think they're doing anything different, you know, when when right. the the so called low magicians are out. Um, doing it. And I mean, in my opinion, I think that the atheist who really thinks about it is staring into the abyss of Da'at on right. a level that many religious and magicians never even get to because they're so busy playing around in the astral plane. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we definitely agreed there. Um, you know, it, it's funny how, you know, and sometimes it, it, with all of us, as you pointed out earlier, just being human, you know, at any given moment, I might like this or dislike that um and so if somebody asks me how i i would express you know the god of my heart it's going to sound a lot like atheism right or or you know or like some kind to of that some kind of yeah like airy fairy uh new age universalist christ consciousnessism right. <laughs> yeah right you know, and yeah. so you have lots of those kinds. Maybe, of things. maybe that maybe it's right. <laughs> maybe it's dead on. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson, when he gets talking about how he's made of stardust, he sounds exactly right. like that. You know, when he yeah. in, he's like in in a religious frenzy about it too. It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like when I heard him say that, I, I remember somebody posted it on Facebook, and all I could kept thinking to myself is, "Every man and every woman is a star." Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
<laughs> Crowley did have a good turn of phrase every now and then, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fan. In my old age, I've come to appreciate him. And, like, it's it's interesting that the paths the path was laid out for me to avoid his path, you know. Uh, and I think I, it was good because I get to look over at it kind of as a, on a parallel path, and I can see him over there, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, okay, I see how you ended up over there, <laughs> you know. Right. Now that I know history right. and now that I know the Golden Dawn, like, you make perfect sense to me, Crowley. Like, when I was young and, and like, part fundy because of my grandma, like, before that had evolved and found its place in the rest of my psychology, um, I thought maybe he was, maybe really was some bad, bad person, you know? Like, because he said he yeah. was. He was using that name, you know? But, uh, and that's that's as far as a lot of people go with it. They're like, well, he said he was the beast, you know? Like, you know, I don't want to hear any more about it. You know, he's he's clearly darkness, not light. You know, and it's funny you say that, right? Because uh, take, you know, people's path working, for instance. This is one of the things that I think that... Uh, both individually and as an order, it's one of the things that I specifically work on nowadays when working with a student. That is that when you go into a path working and you're talking to a spirit or a form or a being, you know, all too often what separates um, the magician from the, the, the newbie is that, and, and maybe newbie is the wrong word, but, you know, from the, the apprentice, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, what separates them is their lack of digging in beyond that mask you know like if if i meet crowley on the path of tob and he calls himself the great beast and all of a sudden he looks like the goat of mendes you know if i don't go beyond that and i don't scan you know if i don't work into that what that uh that symbol is to me then it shows that i'm still an apprentice you know if i'm if i'm just left with the name you know um and i think you know, the neophyte ritual itself explains that too, you know. Um, when we look at the neophyte, one of the things that happens, and this is amazing technique of magic that I don't think, uh, or it wasn't taught to me anyway, uh, initially, is that the Hierophant will ask each of the officers, you know, what are your station and duties, you know. And it's not enough to know what your name is. I don't want to know that you are Anubis of the East. What I want to know is... Where do you stand? What are you doing? And why do you do it? Right. You know? And so this should, I think, impact the, the student, you know, when they're studying their neophyte grade material or when they're doing path working enough to say, you know, when they go into their own meditation, what's your, you know, what station do you have here? And what are your duties? And tell me why they're that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that that right there, you know, <laughs> That has been one of the biggest secrets, as it were, you know, obvious secrets of this work than anything else. Right. You know? And then it relates back to the the, the regular conscious Asaic world. Because like you said, you know, as a kid, I'm told, you know, that he is the, the beast, you know? Um, yeah. And so I lose this this wonderful learning that I could have had from him, this, this awareness of what it was he was teaching because of fear or because of culture or some combination of the two, you know? Right. And so, you know, again, this work doesn't do anything. It should make us aware of what those things are in us. You know, oftentimes, and and I used to do this, you know, both as a, a, a portal and I probably still do it now sometimes, you know, even, even past the, the, the five, six, but you know, I used to, 
pay lip service to this notion of, you know, if you look at the neophyte, you can learn something new every time. It's pretty true. You know? I mean, I, it is. I mean, definitely I, right. And even every time you teach it, like, yes, yeah. I'm amazed by yeah when I when I'm teaching something and the insight that'll come back from my students. So be like, oh wow, I never actually thought about it that way. Thank you. Let's right. Added another piece to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that's you know I mean at the again, what what more could you ask for from yeah. what it is we're doing? You know, I in the um, I don't know if you heard the uh, the sun card path working. Uh, my friend Lindsay pointed out there's there was one point I was talking about the story of Amaterasu, the Japanese sun goddess who they tricked out of the cave by putting a mirror outside the cave and saying there was a more beautiful goddess and she came out and saw oh, her right. reflection, but it, it was yeah. actually her. And then um, later I lead a sun card path working where you're looking at the sun and all this stuff. And then later you rise up and realize the sun is you and you, ah. you're, you're the one who created all these rays and, and the wall. And, yeah. uh, and so she pointed out, oh, like a Matarasu. Uh, it's ah, that you're yeah. looking at the sun in the card, but it's just a mirror. You're looking at yourself. And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even realize. I didn't put <laughs> yeah. that together. I That's so good. That <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I did hear that one. What I thought, cause I was, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Stephen Lechik. Is that how he says his name? Oh, right. Uh, I think so. LASIK. Okay. LASIK. I, um, not sure, and actually. I thought I'd already heard the, the, Oh, right. I, the link was wrong. So I don't know if you've heard the sun card path working. Um, right, so I hadn't heard that yet. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a direct link because yeah, if you heard it through iTunes or something, the first time I updated it, I I did it with the wrong file, so you might have gotten the same file twice. Sorry about that. Gotcha. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Cool. I, I'm I'm gonna teach a watered down version of our full moon healing tonight. Oh, nice. Are you doing that tonight? Um, I will be doing it tonight myself. Yeah. Um, cool. Do you I'm still? Actually... Do you, are you the one that holds the wand, or do you do you guys do yes. it differently? Okay, you're the one. So I'm going to visualize you. Actually, I'll visualize oh. TDL too because I know he's probably doing it too. But uh, okay. at the end, when when we come down from the supernals, I'll I'll bring my light to uh, a, a basket of of little pieces of paper, and on one side will be you, and on the other side will be TDL, and uh, and I'll and I'll Excellent. plunge right into that basket with all that light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've. Um... We have uh, done a thing where we've modified it a little bit when, you know, like if there's a slow month of the temple, um, and for for me, a slow month means anything less than having, you know, five or six things to do. Mm -hmm. um, we've invited the outer order oh, to cool. attend, you know, a thing similar to that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to combine you know, it with it, a Gardenarian circle. Okay. And do a okay. code of power to the moon for the first part, and then, but nice. in the background, I'll be doing those uh, SIRHs and right. uh, take it all the way up the supernals just through a guided pathworking type thing in the midst of the cone. But I'm trying to decide if I should go full gardenarian and do a god and goddess invocation, and if so, who. So I think it might depend oh, wow. on who shows up. So like, right, right. You know, so that that'll, that'll be fun. It's kind of like. It's nice not to have to... I mean, I never did answer to anybody. I wouldn't let anybody <laughs> tell me what to do in, in my own sanctuary, but I would hear a lot of shit for it, so it's nice not to hear sure. shit anymore. <laughs> I can just do whatever I want. It's great. <laughs> you know, that's, it's great that you guys are still doing that. And, and, and for those who don't know, the, um, uh, so the, the, the order that Augustine's in does uh, um, you know, full moon, healing ritual, and 
they, um, at least, I don't know if you guys have a place on your website where you can submit names for, for people who uh, need that healing or, or if there's an email alias. Right. Um, but really, you know, they accept all these names and put them in a basket and then uh, the light kind of comes down to um Put the petition um, to heal in the them. basket. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, Joe, I'm glad you, you brought that up. I don't think that we have a place... To do that for non-members right now, but oh, okay. now that you've said that, I it just it's never dawned on me because you know there's always that closing statement that I say that you know anyone else that might be in suffering. Well, in that case, um, ogdu.org, they I think they have a place you can submit a petition, and it's the same thing. It's um what it is is people who are trained in the traditional arts of Golden Dawn up to the grade of five equals six in a particular group, probably about thirty people at minimum are doing the ritual tonight. Um, to one degree or another, I know there's an Episcopal priest in your state, actually, who's probably going to be doing the ritual. And if you don't know about him, I should get you in touch. Um, yeah. And uh, 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 so they're all going to go, you know, through particular rituals and particular speeches all the way up into the supernals and then bring down a bunch of light all at once in a coordinated, uh, you know, ritual on the full moon every month. I've skipped a few years, I have to admit, but I mean, yeah. I do some full moon stuff and every now and then I'll, I'll kind of keep it in mind, but tonight I'm going to actually go through the steps kind of in the background of what I'm going to be leading. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward right. to seeing you guys all up in, in the supernals. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I, I had it for a while where I was doing it. Um, if you look at the U.S. Naval Observatory, exactly when the moon rises you know i was i was getting that strict about it before mm. and as of late you know i'm at my job usually about 13 hours a day um and so sometimes it's just you know i used to do midnight in jerusalem ah okay okay or you could do midnight oh, anywhere man. or do the ritual to go back yeah. in time and do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I totally, for sure. the last three uh, full moon healing rituals I did, I think I did the ritual to go back in time to midnight, the day of the full moon, which is the day that we usually, okay. the time that we usually go to bed. Midnight in your yeah, own I, time, you know, like, whatever. Right. I tend not to, like, if, if, if I miss the time, it's not one of me one of those things where it's like, oh, we can't do it because it's 7.52 <laughs> right. instead of 7.50. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, we're but, completely uh, bound by the stars like a zealotor, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so sad. Yeah. <laughs> to be bound by the stars like a zealotor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> the once far wandering soul is now lost amidst the stars like a chain or with a chain. He has bound them with the stars as with a chain, so that the, uh, having been cast out of the Garden of Eden, he should not fall into the void. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, but but that's the thing. The far wandering soul used to wander into the void all the time. You know? Yeah, that's true. I know, and it seems like it was doing us a favor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Wait. what? Your soul is wandering in the void? Here, let me give you a body. <laughs> so, can I go off on a, on a weird tangent? Yeah. So, because yeah. you, you talked about Zelator, and I remember when I was a Zelator, and I was kind of like, I think we're talking about affirmations or something. And I remember I was just like, I think we were talking, the, the thread on, on that, the forum was something like, um, what are your your preparations? So, I mean, and at that time, I don't, I just sort of mentioned what I was doing. And the one guy was like, well, I do all that and I wash my hands and my face. And it was like, like every time you to like say something, it's like, <laughs> oh, 
I do that, and I also do like these five things. It's like <laughs> fuck you. I don't know. Was, I was he the guy that? Well, no, I, have no idea. I never met him. I think he he left before uh, before my first oh, Halloween. Okay, so okay. I don't know. That's funny. I guess you know he washed his hands and face so many times it just like peeled off. So he, uh, <laughs> he left in shame. That's that's good. That's in keeping with with uh, the Zelator itself. You know, he saw the tabernacle and he had a face melter, right? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> he ascended into Ipsissimus. Um, <laughs> you know, definite. Uh, Shortcut to the third order. So here's God. here's one thing that if I were to, this is a huge if, by the way, and I don't <laughs> intend to do this, but if I were to start my own order, um, oh. then all the deuses and the thrones would be elevated platforms with Zabutons and Zafus like the Dalai Lama sits on. Oh, nice. Yeah, So and everybody would be, you know, taking, taking yoga to whatever degree that they were able to take it to so that you could sit in a nice upright and healthy posture uh, throughout the ceremony and um, as opposed to these chairs that are killing us that have been right. killing us for hundreds of years <laughs> and especially yeah. when we sit in them for two hours in a row like we do in a neovitamine machine <laughs> you know definitely so that, you know, that, that's, that's what that's I would want to add. Uh, you know what change. I would do if I were to start my own order. I think I would do it so that that like in an in an uh, you know the officers themselves would rotate around and mm. would have to put on different outfits. So in in the east, you'd probably have you definitely have something very Egyptian and regal, but then you'd also have like the in another quadrant, you would have like the the female country singer, um, <laughs> and then you'd have and the you know you'd have the grim reaper in the west, and then you'd have like. I don't know some some random thing. Uh, how about um, you know Times Square? You always see the uh, you know the the characters around. So maybe you'd have Elmo. So I think Elmo would be in the other quadrant, and like they would literally have to like like the candidate stays there, they stay put, but the, the officers have to switch and do all these outfit changes in the middle. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's <laughs> Or to do like a full face mask. Like of Anubis and mm. get everybody all. And then the out. person in the West was like, "God damn it! I don't want to be Elmo now." Has to like, you know <laughs> take off Reaper and put on Elmo. <laughs> I was just Sean Blue. I don't want to go back to Elmo. <laughs> Make the invisible stations visible and the visible stations <laughs> invisible. Somebody's oh. saving you, but you can't see them. <laughs> oh. oh, that's brilliant. Who's uh, that nice lady in the east? Yeah, I think you know that that's that's one of those things too. You know, uh, again, uh, this might sound more like I am a, a member of the OTO than I am the Golden Dawn, but you know, like with your addition of or your focus on yoga, you know, I think that's one of those things again that Crowley got right. You know, um, so did uh, uh, Paul Foster Case. He got yeah. way into yoga and then started writing poetry after he had meditated a lot and done all that. And that was, that was right. where Boda came from, was a synthesis. So, I mean, I, I, I was never anything new. I mean, people always say, oh, you're the first person, or like so-and-so will say, I'm very rare to mix East and West. But, I mean, we've been trying for a long time. The Theosophical Society right. was basically that. And Golden Dawn was like trying to get away from that and be more specifically Western-centered, but bring in Eastern elements here and there. So, I, I mean, in a more universalist sense, yeah, like to complete my own, you know, um, 
itself, like after having specialized so long in Western and especially starting out with Eastern, I felt like mm -hmm. I had neglected the Eastern path for a long time. If it could be said to be a Western path and an Eastern path, that's really kind of over. Well, it's so that. weird too, because you have, you have the Tatwas and then you mm -hmm. have like things like the moon breath, like right. some of these things. I mean, yeah, granted that was kind of the, like you, you couldn't have in Victorian times, you wouldn't be taken seriously as a mystical order if you didn't have these components because they were right. kind of like the hip new thing. And they've become this weird kind of dogmatic thing now. Um, but then you also have like, oh no, we want to, we don't want to have elements of the East. So, so no yoga. Like the whole thing, just there, there are components Very of weird. the, the curriculum that are kind of like, okay, it's cool if you, if you're using this as an expression of universality, that's actually pretty cool. And I, I definitely agree with it. Um, but this notion that it has to be purely Western is, is, kind of silly to me it's that's more like um, you're working at the renaissance fair and the, co the co that, that color wasn't available in that century so you're not allowed to wear it you know like right right kind of thing yeah you've got to wear period underwear and like in the, yeah. in the theorcus with a straight face we would have the hyrus over and over and over four times a year say that no one in the world has ever known or ever found out it's never been revealed that there's a connection between the hebrew letters and the trumps of the major arcana you know and never yeah. reveal it or you know your tongue will be cut out you know like like because we were traditional we were saying it like yeah. they would have said it in 1888 when that was right. true you know before you know, everything and and you bring up another good point. This is one of those. This is a point of pride for me with uh, the order currently. Mm -hmm. Is the instruction manuals that we're putting out now? We have uh, revisable and editable versions of these things mm. where we're saying, you know, like so. Take for instance, like you said with the moon breath. You know, uh, one of the things that I was doing with my own students for a couple of years now is before, you know, like once they would get to Theoricus, we would do breathing exercises, but they would need to clear and clean both channels, just like if you were studying Raja Yoga, because you, you don't just go straight into, you know, doing the moon breath. There, there are weird, mm. you know, weird things can arise from that. And, and again, I don't mean to, to, to sound like I'm, you know, like it's perilous or dangerous, but weird right. things can happen. Well, it's good to know. You know and, oh, really? What, yeah, what are yeah. those? Because I, I actually, I remember really enjoying that was... At, yeah, you know, when I got into the Golden Dawn, it was really the first, uh, my first foray into sort of any sort of structured spiritual mystery school mm -hmm. with studying. So when I, when I, I mean, I took everything at face value, okay. and I really actually enjoyed the work. I didn't know that that people had difficulty with it. Yeah, so I've had some students, and again, you know, um, I, right now, as of right now, I don't know where the issue arises. You know, whether. And I, and I hate to use terms that I really don't understand, but I don't know if it's someone's karma or if it's just uh, an actual physical breathing issue or anything like that. But, you know, I've noticed uh, in, in one case right now currently where I had to have one student stop doing the moon breath altogether, primarily because, you know, he was getting tremors in his body and, you mm. know, had it checked out as though it, it wasn't like MS or Parkinson's kind of tremors, but you know, there were weird physical phenomena that were going on. It's like, okay, let's back up. Right. All right. And let's start just by cleaning the channels first. You know? Yeah. I don't think um, anyone, anyone present at the Ruach breathing was qualified to deal with a room. Full yeah. Of doing Ruach breathing. Oh my goodness. No. There, there was a fratter and I'm telling you, you both, I was, when he said this, I was scared to death for, for so many reasons, namely his own health. But you know, I remember 
you know, as we were trained, yelling at him, breathe, breathe faster, breathe deeper. And he like grips my hand as I'm, you know, like pointing down at him, like if I'm some kind of drill sergeant or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, uh, when he grips my hand, he, he pulls himself up a little bit and he says, I have heart problems. I can't. Yeah. Breathe. You know, it's like, holy shit. You know, it's like, okay, just, you know, like there's this immediate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Calm it down. Just do what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't do this exercise. And we would surprise people, you know, I mean, yeah. that was ridiculous. It'd be like, okay, we're going to do a path working. So everybody, you don't need to bring notes. Just come into the temple. Now breathe. <laughs> you know, like, it was really sadistic. Whenever they said, leave your glasses outside. Oh, that was when I knew. Yeah. I was just yeah. I was just glad that I was like in a white robe yelling breathe instead of on the ground breathing because then I'd slip out and have a cigarette in the middle and come on back you know and there was enough incense burning nobody would smell it you know true <laughs> yeah so and again so I don't mean to sound superstitious or anything like that but I, you know there's just been some weird things where there's some things that are legitimately me, dangerous in a warehouse somewhere like yeah. know, it's awkward explaining to the ambulance guy well, like well you know, it's actually, like a party so. And actually, you know, to, to be to be fair, you know, it, it's looking back at what is that ritual trying to do? And ultimately, yeah. if you're trying to break down, and it's useful to do this. I mean, because yeah. you know, I, I trained for an Ironman. I did an Ironman, and then I got out of shape, and I'm getting back in shape. And so, I actually know what I understand now is I know, having pushed myself to an absolute limit, I know how far I can go, and I know how fast I can go to, to get to my goal. And so the idea is, okay, we're going to break down your spiritual barriers because you think you can't do the, some of these things, and we're going to put you in a situation where you can do them. I actually think that rug breathing is a really bad technique to do that. I right. think that it's better and safer to do something more like, okay, look, we're going to do a, you know, you're going to start doing it, you know, one, you know, one a quarter. If you want to break down your barriers, you're going to do a six-hour vigil, and this ah, is what it's okay. going to look like. And then let's do a 12-hour vigil like right. later on. Like, are, are you ready to do this? Okay, if you're ready for the next thing, now let's try for an 18. Or, you know, can you do a 24? But, like, it's, it becomes much more, like, that's something where you can bail out and you're not going to have, like, these massive potential health problems. Right. right. I mean, right. really, we were, we were, I mean, God forbid, but someone actually could have had a heart attack. Someone actually could have had a stroke. I mean, God knows what. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. Yeah. We've had and really irresponsible, and like be, you know, have to leave and stuff. Like back in the old days, and uh, yeah. I think it was the first Power Week '96. There was a woman from France who started freaking out a bit during the Ruach oh. breathing. Or no, it wasn't Ruach breathing actually. So that was that was something else. Like I think that was actually uh, body of light exercise. Okay, you know, I what there are three of us who've been working and testing rock breathing because we still do it but we do it a little bit differently where it nowadays more resembles sort of like uh stanislav Grof's holotropic breathing mm. um you know so it doesn't excite the body as much but it's still deep breathing and it still gets you into that state of right. you know um shrinking the voice of the ego you know do you know the yeah. ujjayi breath I am not familiar, no. It's um, the way that I always, I, in every yoga class I teach, 99%. Um, at the beginning, I'll say, okay, first inhale like you're inhaling through a straw through your mouth. And everybody goes, and then now exhale like you're fogging up a mirror in front of your face. And you go, and then oh, you say, nice. okay, now close your mouth and breathe just like that through your nose. And it'll sound like Darth Vader breathing through his mask. And you go, 
<laughs> and you breathe that way. Okay. It sounds like uh, ocean waves, or it's supposed to sound like fire. And uh, and that's what we do for an hour during my yoga class. And it's just you just breathe all breathe a deep breath in, deep breath out. No fast breathing. No, it just it it, it heats up the breath. It stimulates the third eye through that soft palate, you know, up the top of the the roof of the mouth, and in the air blows all along and. Does a lot of stuff all at once. It's uh, detoxifying. So if you push a little more air out on the exhale than you uh -huh. naturally would, um, that's good. It's good to couple with rolling around on your low back. You know, like grabbing okay. your yeah. wrapping your hands around your grab your hands around your uh, shins and just kind of roll around on the low back slowly while doing that exercise is very detoxifying. It might actually make you feel a little sick. Like if you do some some twists and stuff, sure. but it's good because then yeah. you got all that stuff in your blood and then you're gonna exhale it. You're gonna, um, right? You right. know, pee it out and poo it out and all the good stuff, sweat it out. Um, well, and and the same thing should be happening like when you you perform an ends operations in alchemy, right? You know, you're you're detoxifying your body, and people don't realize that seven days of drinking something, you know, three times a day, you know, you put it in your water. If it's effective, you know, you're gonna feel sick. You're not gonna feel better after right. seven days. It's gonna take closer to eleven. To, Sorry, let me rephrase. In my experience, it will take closer to 11 to 14 days. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I have not tried the, the Ujjayi breathing, but I, have, I just wrote it down because I want to work oh, on yeah. this. I don't know if you totally. remember or not, but uh, that has been one of my favorite areas of, of just this work altogether. It's just been breath work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the thing of it is, is when I had done uh, Vipassana retreat, um, you know. I still have to do that. Goenkaji, yeah, he, he says in one of the, the recordings, and it, it, it has stuck with me, or, and it will stick with me, I think, uh, for a long time, is that the breath is, the one, is one thing, probably among many, but one thing that is unconscious that you can make conscious. And so by extension, you know, again, if what we're doing is bringing the light up out of darkness, you know, it's like you're putting your consciousness into an unconscious place. And so if you do that for a long enough period of time, nothing but illumination can happen. It's like pathworking right? Resh and then Kof. Right, right. You know, and so, you know, like to me, I mean, granted, I love all of the nice accoutrements that we have with ceremony and with ritual. But if I, you know, if all I was left with was my breath, you know, we'd still be able to get there. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And in a way, like all that other stuff, it's, it adds an extra challenge because you can get lost in the symbol and lost in the ritual and forget the breath. Right. There's people yeah, who've been yeah. studying Golden Dawn for years, haven't thought about their breath once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why, you know, the, that, that first knowledge lecture, you know, people, they over, well, you know, they just overlook it. Right. Uh, little stuff to memorize. Yeah. Simple alchemical <laughs> terms. Right, right. You know? Oh, I went through my neophyte and all I got was this Hebrew alphabet. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To to talk about him one more time. Um, <laughs> but it you know, it's it's the truth. If you look at that relaxation ritual, if you look at fourfold breathing, you know, um there was when I was working with the empty circle Zen group, there was this admonition against um, leaving the lungs empty for any, uh, right. It can be unhealthy for some people. Yeah. Some people, you yeah. don't want to tell them to do that, but, but you know, right. And so if we look at the system being a shotgun instead of a rifle, you know, you're going to get 
eighty percent of the people are going to find that kind of breath effective. Right. And the twenty percent who don't are going to realize why it's not effective probably very quickly, and they'll be able to adapt it. Yeah. You know, depending on. Yeah, their, but I remember in the old days, it'd be like, no, put it under will, keep your breath empty. I'm kind of count to four. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. It's unfortunate. You know, fortunately, though, you know, we're in the present days and not exactly. the old days. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. <laughs> nice. Are you, do, you, do you do a your spring, spring Equinox is coming up, right? Yeah, Spring Equinox is coming up. Um, do like you do I said, that on things, Spring Equinox that's proper or the week so before or after or what? We're going to do it the Saturday before Equinox. Cool. If memory serves, Equinox this year is March 20th. Okay. We're going to be doing it on the 18th. Nice, nice. Um, so you CSS in- people out there who forgot that the order existed, <laughs> now you know, mark, mark your calendars. <laughs> yeah, get to your temples, you know, yeah. get to your sanctuary. <laughs> get, get, get a plane ticket if you can afford it and, uh, you know. Right. Um, and, and get to your Gardnerian is- circles. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My house is always up and open for anybody who is traveling that, you know, if they need to stick around there. Excellent. My doors are open. Is that still around Uh, yet? uh, It is. It is. Uh, So for me, it takes me roughly about an hour to get there. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's when when I do have uh, uh, somebody who's out this way who's going over there, it usually means an hour of good conversation before we get to the temple. Exactly. Uh, And picking up at the airport, too, is good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, So that's going on. Uh, the other thing that uh, we're doing right now is, uh, I think, yeah, next Saturday, in fact, we're going to be going over, you know, it's one of these all. So I've tried to split up the month whereby we have, and, and this is the easiest part, the neophyte is always the first Saturday of the month, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the second Saturday of the month can be a break Saturday for some people, but I'll definitely be at the, the temple anyway. Right on. Um, the third Saturday is going to be, um, at the very least, the invocation of one of the gods of the Neophyte Hall. Um, this this coming third Saturday, for us, uh, it's going to be, we're going to be doing Earth-focused work. So that means we'll be doing uh, a Feeding of the Hungry. Um, oh, you guys still do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, um, we're going to be doing, uh, we're g- going to be creating Earth Elementals, Um you know, we're going to be. What else have we got? We got a couple other things that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, have you seen the S four yet? I have not seen the S four. Oh, okay. I'll send you a script. You might like it. It's um, yeah. it's very Golden Dawn Japanese fusion. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would certainly be. If there's elements of three different forms of Japanese Buddhism. Um, so it's kind of like a mishmash. You know, maybe like you know, people who aren't into overt syncretization or who would call it sub, uh, cultural appropriation or whitewashing would probably really not like it. But it, 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 yeah. it, what, what happened was I went to Sanju Sangendo where they have a thousand statues of canon or, um, you know, uh, Kuan Yin, Avalokiteshvara, mm-hmm. standing in prayer with all these different arms and with the third eye. And then in the middle is a giant Buddha. And uh, or wow. in the middle in the back. So like, let's say the uh-huh. east in the hierophant position. And he's surrounded okay. by these, let's say, hegemons. And then okay. there's 28 fierce guardians uh, protecting the whole lot of them, you know, facing outward, let's say facing westward, like the Hyrus holding up the, you know, legions of demons, right? And they all look very True, ferocious. Right? And I'm standing there looking at this like, this is amazing. So I wrote a ritual <laughs> yeah. that basically emphasizes the connection between those three archetypes and the three archetypes in the Golden Dawn and where you invoke the 28 fierce guardians instead of Horus to guard in the west. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. One of the other things that we're going to be doing is, you know, for a while there, 
specifically at Temple Pata. I can't speak to other temples or what they were doing. Um, again, that goes back to that autonomy thing. But uh, for a while there, we weren't uh, bona fide teaching magic to the outer, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, we got away from that where it was kind of, we went like really, really old school where it's like, learn your knowledge, lecture material. When you get to the inner, we'll talk about magic again, which, you know, there's, there's good and bad and everything, but uh, we found that we need to go back to that. And mm. so again, this coming, you know, this, this not uh, tomorrow, but the following Saturday um, beyond the uh, feed, the hungry beyond the earth elemental, we're also going to be taking uh, one of the, spirits and intelligences depending on you know what we all can agree upon that's in the zelator book and doing an invocation or sorry rather an evocation of that oh, cool. uh yeah you know because i want to have people when they come into the inner i want them to be be prepared to already be performing magic right. you know yeah it, it makes little little sense to me to to do it the other way in my mind to um, distinguish like when they say that you don't really do magic in the outer order to me that's like crocodile dundee and his knife you know, mm-hmm. like he's like, that's not a knife. <laughs> oh, that's a knife. You know, like, right, like compared right. to no magic at all, like compared to just going to the work, you know, like uh-huh. the, the outer order is magic, <laughs> you know, right, right. and then and then like the but then you have the inner order people going, oh, you call that magic. You don't know what magic is. Well, you know, you know hey, when all else fails, there's always there's always ritual A. Just kidding. <laughs> Which one was ritual A? Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't heard oh, about yeah, ritual yeah. A? Or, or ritual L. <laughs> Or, or ritual, put it in your eye, or whatever. <laughs> oh, brilliant. We're talking um, about acid, people. Not You know, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my take on it now. Um, learn to practice in the outer. Learn to understand in the inner, you know. Hmm. Um, and hopefully, if you have a, a decent proctor, um, you know, they'll, they'll guide you along the ways with understanding anyway, so that you're not, you know messing with you know nuclear weapons spiritual nuclear weapons as it were right um you know again i try not to be superstitious because everything is either good or bad you know it's thinking that makes it so you know so if you're in your kitchen you can easily burn yourself on the stove just as much as you can cook an omelet um but you know so that's that and then you know finally on the fourth saturday or typically on the fourth saturday of the month what we'll do is that'll be our time for bonding so that'll be uh, a movie night followed by some kind of ritual work, whether it be a um, comfort ritual or whatever the case might be, you know? Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's coming up with that, you know? You know what I've noticed in recent years is I really enjoy going to, like, an occult store that has books and, like, hanging uh-huh. out there without looking over my shoulder to see if they're watching <laughs> so I can put flyers in the books. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was, that was dreadful. Yeah. yeah. It's so much nicer to, like, talk to the owners and not be, like, trying to, like, schmooze them so that they will won't suspect me of putting flyers in their books. Yeah. <laughs> like, to just actually so, want to talk to them. Right. That actually, that just happened to us um, a couple of weeks back. We were at the occult bookstore in Chicago. Uh-huh. And... Um, we were there and we got to talk to, I, I think he's the owner, you know, and so what's, what's happening now is, you know, they have that community board and if you want to talk to somebody, you know, and you have a flyer, like we still have posters that we put out in some places mm-hmm. or when we were at the Theosophical Society's Theofest or Theosophist oh, rather, cool. you know, we still have stuff where it's like, Hey, if you're interested, check this out. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's so much better to, you know, go in there talk to them, you know, because when I asked, I was like, hey, can I put a flyer up here? And, 
you know, real quick, you know, his eyes went squirrely. He's like, what kind of flyer are you trying to put up? And I was like, uh, one for the Golden Dawn. He's like, oh, okay. I just have to make sure that you're not trying to sell drugs or, you know, oh, right. illicit prostitution. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. At least not on the surface. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was that was five years ago. <laughs> I mean, you know, between consenting adults or whatever, it's, you know. <laughs> oh. Indeed. BT's Indeed. in the back with the weed after your neophyte. I would have liked to have been at that neophyte. Why wasn't I there? <laughs> that was every neophyte. I did my, my real neophyte in, um, in Canada. So. Oh, right on. Well, they didn't think have they... that shenanigans up there. I guess. No, they just had heroin on the next <laughs> street over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Was that, that was rough uh, temple. Was that Gas City or... Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gastown. Yeah. Like it was like a a mile down, like right in the worst part of Vancouver as far as people <laughs> doing drugs on the streets and there would be like people having sex in the parking lot, like right next to the temple and stuff. It's a lot of fun. You know that was uh I still have a key to that place. That was uh the temple thoth out there, right? Yeah. So I, I have to ask because I never had a chance to visit. I, I was well aware of the members. I'm, I'm so sorry I'm laughing. I remember, I, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm like, I, right. I, I have to explain why I'm laughing. Uh, so, <laughs> so the temple was below this like really derelict, like, you know, rent by the hour motel. And so people would say like, they'd vibrate. We'd have all these people vibrating like, Oh, <laughs> you hear fuck you. <laughs> oh. Sorry, oh, nice. go ahead. That, I just had to explain why I was laughing. That temple was crazy. You, you hard answer to the question. I got. I still got to ask though. You know, as far as the the heroin addicts and the people who are having sex on the street, you know, it's it's Canada. Does the stereotype fit? Were they at least pleasant heroin? Yes, they were very polite, oh. very cordial, unarmed. And um, oh, nonviolent and crazy and heroin addicted and yeah, you know. it was very sad. Yeah, yeah. I, Didn't you feel know, threatened I, though. Yeah. That's the thing. You, you you hit it on the head. I would rather feel sad and and you know try and help in that situation than feel sad and afraid and right. wanting to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. interesting. But the rent yeah. was cheap. You know, they were able to have that huge temple space and uh, you know. Yeah, send a, send an IOU every month for, for in lieu of rent. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you know that's that's the glimpse that I got for you into what we're doing. Um, oh, cool. We're still keeping the tradition going over here, man. Um, Can I know, call you the uh, the Imperator of Temple Ptah of the Collegiate Spiritum Sanctum in the description of the episode? Sure, if you like. Cool. And I haven't heard back from John and Cameo about using that image. If I um, okay. finish the episode before I hear back from them, I'll use a different image. And then if they get back to me, I'll swap it for this image because it's just so perfect. It's the picture of gotcha. him conducting their wedding. Joe, I was uh, – so what they did for their wedding, they um, – and I'm sure they would probably be able to tell you uh, better than I, but um, it was the, the, the marriage between the White Queen and the Red King. And so I, I was able to act as Hageman for him. And it was it was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. That is so really cool. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd love to use that image of you between them. In fact, I'll just wait and see if I can hear back from them, and I'll I'll just be patient okay. and put it up when I hear back. Gotcha. It's too good. Yeah. Well, right. I love you, Frater. It's uh, good to hear love from you. you. Brother. 
Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. And, um, and, and again, like, you know, like you said, hopefully, you know, uh, this starts a conversation between a lot of us, you know? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, cause I, 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 yeah. You know, I, I know, like I told you when I talked to Matt, he was, he was so excited to, to even hear that that was going on. So, oh, cool. You know, I'm sure he'd be looking forward to it. How cool. You know? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, I hope to talk to you soon. I'm sure yeah, I will. me too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, if Likewise. you're ever in town, look me up. Definitely. Definitely will. All right. Sounds I'll good. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Nice to meet you. Bye. Nice to meet you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Augustine and Joe, for being guest and co-host today's episode. Thank you, as always, to Susumu Ueda and his father, as well as the other monks at Jofuku Inn on Mount Koyasan, for the music you're hearing right now. If there are any fans of Lon Milo Duquette out there, if you haven't heard it, check out Esoterra Nerd episode 38, and keep your eyes open for episode 81 or 82 is going to be Lon returning for a second interview in which Ella Jensen will be my co-host. She is the host and producer of Stooping Starlight, dedicated to amplifying the voices of the women of Thalema. And you can also find her in Esoteric Nerd episodes 11, 54, and 70. Thank you to Camille and Kennerly, identical twins who play the harp, and they played the Game of Thrones rendition that we used to get into and out of each episode. Thank you to Mick Smiley for the track I Believe It's Magic, to Frank Zappa for Joe's Garage, to Tangerine Dream for the album Ricochet, and special thanks to you, the Esoteric nerd listening to this podcast. Good night.